0: Today on the Spring Hills Podcast, we've got a one-on-one conversation with Spring Hills staff member Erica Crow. Now, Erica is our social media director, and she's been on staff here for a few years. So we want to give you the opportunity to get to know her a little bit more, find out about her story, how she became a Christian, and what she does here on campus. Now, as I said, she's the social media director But that is not all she does. She's got her hands on a lot of different projects, including editing the online services. She's often in the coffee kiosk before the services on campus. And then during the services, she's usually behind the computer running all of the video stuff. So she is involved in a lot of different things. Now, the other thing about this podcast, uh, the one on one series, I typically pick out an intro song that I feel represents our staff members the most. So today I'm very excited about the song that I've picked out for. Her. Let's get to the conversation with Erica Crow. Today our guest is Erica Crow. Did I say it right? Crow. Yeah. Okay. Erica's on staff here at Spring Hills. So Erica, welcome to the green room. I said oh, that like you've never room. been here. I've, yeah. Well, this is the green room. The podcast isn't the green room. I said that like you've never been here. It feels like a club. Um, how about welcome back <laughs> to the green room. We've been doing these one-on-one interviews uh, just on the podcast feed with the intention of giving our church kind of the opportunity to get to know our staff. Uh, so thank you for coming and doing this. We've So far, we've had Brett, Garrett, and John. And so you're mm-hmm. the first female.
1: Wow, what an and, honor.
0: Uh, but yeah, so Brett and I had picked um, for his podcast a hard or Brett didn't pick it I picked it a hard rock intro song and then with Garrett I had like a hip-hop one and then with John it was country and I haven't decided on what yours is going to be yet so we'll see what that's going to end up being you don't get to have any say in it I just (sighs) listen to it and I go that sounds like Eric that fits them we'll we'll figure it out later but yeah I want to start at the basics so first of all let's just tell everybody who you are How would they know you here? You've done this before on the podcast, but just in case they didn't hear that one, (laughs) tell everybody who you are and why they might know you here at Spring Hills.
1: Um, Hi, my name is Erica and I'm on the Spring Hills team.
0: Okay. So that's
1: AKA the news. <laughs> the
0: bummer about that is now people haven't seen it in four months.
1: Well, I was on the last two weeks as the online host. Oh, that shows you how much I watch online. People were gone. Yeah. Well, Great. you're a little preoccupied I know, on the right? weekends now, but yeah, uh, the news, um, I help out a lot of events. I help out at motion, um, and then I'm just around on the weekends, all weekend. Um, I'm the girl with the camera, right. so people know me with by that too. The, the
0: common theme that seems to be happening with everybody on staff so far is that everybody does so many different things that nobody knows how to explain their role. Yeah. Like, where are you originally from?
1: Windsor. Nice. Okay. Did, <laughs> so, so you grew up there, born and raised? Yes.
0: And you're not, well, not, right, not now, you're not in Windsor, but you're yeah. close enough. What kind of kid were you?
1: Uh, like personality wise? Yeah. Oh, well, I would say okay, I was definitely a tomboy until like 5th, 6th grade. Literally never wore my hair down until then. Um played a lot of sports. Uh yeah, I, you know, shy but like like to be busy, like to be social. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: So sports that was your hobbies? Yeah. Did you have other ones? Uh Were you artsy at all?
1: A little crafty. <laughs>
0: I just dropped my phone because you know why? Because Kiki has texted me 23 times since we started this. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so let's see. Hobbies. Yeah, other hobbies. Did you have sports?
1: Um, I was kind of crafty, but other than that, yeah, I just stuck to sports, mostly soccer and swimming.
0: Okay, cool. Swimming. Yes. Dude, did you know John Knapp was a water polo player? I did. I didn't know that until last week. I asked yeah, him if he shaved his intense. legs and he, was, he hesitated. So, yeah, hobbies. Okay, so when you were a kid- did you have a main, like, dream job?
1: I, yes, actually. I grew up wanting to be a nurse. Oh. When I was in high school, I shadowed nurses and did my senior project on it. Applied for nursing school, going into college, got accepted, went as a nursing major my first semester, got there. They do this thing, The school I went to, I went to Azusa Pacific University,
0: Oh, yeah. Don't worry. I was going to be bringing that up.
1: (laughs) Um, I went there and they do this thing called Thrive in Your Major. So like during orientation week, they bring you in with all the other students who are entering uh, freshman year in the same major as you. And they have all the professors and directors of the program tell you all about. What you're gonna be doing, what life looks like for the next four years, and everyone around me was like, "Oh my gosh, like this is gonna be so hard. The next four years is gonna be so hard, but it'll be worth it." And I was like, "Not worth it. I'm out."
0: <laughs> like uh, at orientation.
1: Yeah, I was like that
0: quick. You didn't even oh, get to classes. No, that's that was amazing. that
1: was when I knew. Um, and I was on track for like four and a half years, and so because I just needed some like other sciences as my prereqs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was only in science classes my first year. And I was like, nope, I do not want to do this. So um, became like, well, I didn't technically. I, I exited the program. Okay. Um, And then I was like going between social work because I knew I loved working with people and helping people, um, ministry crossed my mind, business crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, but I really had no idea until like another year in. Okay. And then I became a business major.
0: But I'm I am impressed that you knew that you were like, no, nah, I'm out because oh, a, a lot of people me time. might be overconfident and be like, oh I got this. This yeah. is gonna be a piece of cake. And then it's like, oh no. Yeah. No. How would you how would your friends describe you? So like if I were to go to Israel, Kiki, Kath, Ashley and just say, Hey, Give me three or four words that describe Erica. What would they be?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't know. Um, Hardworking. Probably. That's a
0: prerequisite to be on staff here. (laughs) You are not allowed to come here and not be a hard worker.
1: It's true. It's almost like our. Or uh, just administrative. It's true. Um, Yeah. Hardworking. Probably. creative, I guess. Um, I honestly don't know what else if you ask Kiki. I'm we're the people that bring out the crazy in each other, so
0: Okay, so tell us a little bit about your family growing up.
1: Okay. Um, I grew up uh one sister, she's 6 years younger than me. Um, my parents were together until I was in 5th grade, so I was about 11. Um, and Like my family was the family that would go on like three or four vacations a year, Disneyland camping. Uh, We went to Oregon a lot. Oh gosh.
0: Was there one, if you went three or four years, was there one you looked forward to the most?
1: Camping in Disneyland because who doesn't like Disneyland and camping? Caitlin, we-
0: <laughs> Caitlin doesn't like Disneyland. <laughs> well, you
1: should pray for her.
0: I No, I have been for years.
1: <laughs> um, You also don't like peanut butter and bacon. So I judge you as well. That's true. Um, You're perfect for I'll each other. I'll have to put you a pull up
0: and be like, which is worse? Not liking Disneyland or not liking peanut butter and bacon? See, if I just didn't like peanut butter or just didn't like bacon. Bacon's more nobody understandable. Would care. But it's peanut both butter? of them. Since it's both of them, it's people weird. are like, hold on. Something's wrong with you. So you guys went on a lot of vacations.
1: Yeah, um, and I really liked camping and Disneyland. I said that, Um, but camping because we would go with like all of our neighbors, and so that was always really fun because everyone was like a year or two younger than me or older, and so um, just a ton of kids my age.
0: That's cool. What did you guys do when you were camping, like on the lake, jet skis, that kind of stuff?
1: Um, It was more like river, like. Oh, places okay. that had rivers um but bike riding s'mores hiking going
0: to the river that's cool yeah camping was it, it was something it's actually the other day jen asked me she was like garrett i heard you don't like camping i
1: heard that as well
0: why is this going around why is this a thing so bacon peanut <laughs> butter I and camping is this a problem camping yeah i was yeah who invited me to go camping
1: uh sean and jen did they not
0: Oh maybe they maybe through Caitlin. Oh, I didn't okay. hear anything about it. There, maybe oh, yes, that's what maybe Caitlin. that's why Jen asked me that. Yes. I don't know. I did say is this the, I asked Caitlyn the other night is it, the only reason I'm not we don't go camping is cuz you think I hate camping cuz I can I can push through that. That's fine. What are you going to do without all fine. your
1: showers every day? That's
0: exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, okay. So your your relationship with your dad, that's kind of a heavy story. So do you mind sharing that mm-hmm. with us a little bit?
1: Um, So when I was in fifth grade, uh, we were in Oregon on a family trip and my parents got a call from our next door neighbor and they were asking if uh, we knew of anyone who would have any reason to egg our house and their house because both of them had been egged and we were like, no, and they were like, okay, well, maybe it was just someone. Their their teenage son was in high school, and then the neighbors on the other side of us, their teenage son was in high school, and so they're like, okay, it could have been a prank on them, and mm-hmm. they got the wrong house. But then it kept happening, and it only kept happening to us, and then come to find out my dad had had an affair, and then the woman he had an affair with, their teenage daughters and their boyfriends were the ones who were coming and egging our house. Oh. So for about a year— uh, that happened. Um, and then uh, they just kind of stopped. Was it a
0: year before you knew what was happening?
1: No, I, kn- I knew like after a couple times, um, because I would like see my parents fight more oh, and like hear things. And I was like, you know, put two and two together. Um, and then, so that went on for about a year and then my parents were working on their marriage. And then about a year later, my dad had another affair. And then that time he moved um, to Novato area. And then he was coming back and forth to see us every couple of weeks, uh, for about another year. Um, and so by this point I'm in seventh grade and, uh, hadn't seen my dad for a few weeks and he, uh, sent me a birthday gift in the mail cause he couldn't come on my birthday. And so, Uh, I went on my birthday to go get it and brought it back in the car and went to go open it and I realized that the return label said Hawaii and that was when I realized my dad had moved to Hawaii and he didn't tell anyone no one in my family knew Uh, and then I started calling and emailing him asking why he had moved and why he didn't tell anyone and um, basically just told me uh, it's you know none of my business and he's an adult and uh like I had questioned why he got me the gift he got me because he had specifically asked me what I wanted and that was not it. And he told me I should be grateful and that his wife picked it out
0: he and had, that He would gotten married? Yeah,
1: he had gotten married. And did you know that or was no. that? No. A- so that was my birthday gift when I was 13. <laughs> uh but then yeah, there was just like a lot of conflict in our relationship, uh arguing a lot over the next two years, and then uh, he blamed my mom a lot and I was just like, I don't really want this in a relationship with my dad where we're just constantly arguing and he's not taking ownership of his responsibility or er, yeah, taking ownership of the decisions he's making. And so, uh, I just kind of stopped answering the phone mm-hmm. and haven't talked to him since ninth grade. Gosh, how old was 14? So 11 years and haven't seen him. In Has 13. he
0: tried to reach out to you at all?
1: He tried like once or twice after that, but, um, not, it was never really like an apology. And so I just didn't really want to give it the time because I didn't want a relationship with someone who hadn't changed and was still just, you know, playing the blame game Mm -hmm. and they can do no wrong, even though it was very clear that they were a huge part of the problem.
0: Yeah. If you look back at that story, what's, is there something that you see in the circumstance that you can see now as an adult that God used for good?
1: Oh yeah. Um, I so because of all that I was very down and depressed and um just kind of like searching in You were thirteen. Yeah, searching in friendships and relationships for um just kind of like feeling loved and eventually my non Christian friend, uh, who as far as I know is still not a Christian to this day, invited me to go to Mount Gilead, which is a Bible camp out in Occidental. And that was when I heard the gospel again and it really sunk in. And I realized that, you know, everything I'm looking for is found in Christ. And Did, so that yeah. was when I became a Christian. So had you
0: grown up in church at all?
1: I had gone to Windsor Christian till fourth grade, but my view of God was always believe in God. So you don't go to hell. Um, which is true. Was that an influence
0: from your parents or was it just, you were young and no, you weren't... I was just you young? Okay. Didn't
1: really get it. Uh, really stuck with, or really held on to the whole uh you know if you don't believe you're going to hell and not any of the grace of god and mm-hmm. that you know christ died for us so um so that we could have a relationship with him so i got the second part when i was older and yeah yeah so. that
0: that actually i want to we'll get to that in a minute um just a little more in detail but when did you become a Christian? When was that I'm, at when I was Gilead? 14.
1: Yeah. So the year my um, I stopped talking to my dad, when I was in ninth grade, I went... Or no, right before that. So going into ninth grade, I went to summer camp, became a Christian. So right before high school. So high school was fun too because I realized, oh, oh sure. I don't want to hang out with any of these popular kids anymore because they're all not great people yeah. and um, getting into the wrong things. And sure. so I was kind of a loner in high school.
0: Yeah. We... Actually, we have that a lot of that in common. Now we have very different stories, but that's very similar to yeah. my story. With like, I just completely switched. I uprooted my whole life as yeah. a fourteen-year-old to go. I'm gonna hang around with these people for the next four years. I'm gonna become these people. Yeah. So I'm gonna get out of here and I switch like, schools.
1: They're fine in moderation, but who you you really are, you are who you hang out or with. Are you the Are you the influenced?
0: Yeah. And I knew at that time I was the influenced. Oh, for so sure. It was when you're, yeah, when you're 14 playing varsity basketball, you're not going to be the influencer with 18 year olds. Like no. that's just kind of how that was. So <laughs> what impact did becoming a Christian as a 14 year old have on your relationship with your family? You already kind of mentioned your friends, but you can go into more detail.
1: So be- after I became Christian, I ended up coming to church at Spring Hills because my counselor, Mount Gilead, had invited me there. And I didn't know anyone. Um, I ended up seeing like two people from school over the next couple of weeks come to youth group. And so that kind of incentivized me to keep going because I was like, okay, I know I know someone here. That's kind of nice. And then I started to make friends in the youth group and then got involved in kids ministry. Um, and then just kept getting more and more involved. And then that kind of actually pushed my mom away from wanting to come to church because she was like, all you ever want to do is go to church. And um, I don't know. I just don't think she really liked it. And like.
0: Caused some division.
1: Yeah. Just because it's like, wow, you changed a lot and now you never want to be home. You always want to be at church mm. and you never want to spend time with me. And it's like.
0: Well, and your sister was still pretty young.
1: Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, you are in high school. Like I was in high school. So you're getting to that point in your life where you don't want to spend as much time with your parents. And then I had found new friends who I actually enjoyed hanging out with and they happened to not be at school. So the mm-hmm. only time I could see them was at church or, you know, was more likely to see them. So yeah, kind of like pushed the, my mom away. And then my sister, I wasn't really close with until I got older. Just Yeah. Because, six years is a yeah,
0: 14 to eight. Like that's not what yeah, are you guys going to do. It's like
1: I'm in high school. You're in elementary <laughs> you're a babysitter. school. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't know how it really I mean, my sister was, you know, going she went to Malculate a few times. So okay,
0: cool. What about yourself? How what what big changes did you notice in yourself after becoming a Christian?
1: Um, well, it definitely allowed me to forgive my dad for everything that happened and just really freed me up of a lot of the hurt I had. Uh which is totally, you know, the grace of God to have experienced trauma like that and just completely be healed of it. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, it just totally changed my motives. I wanted like, you know, what I was living for changed what I wanted to do in the or like why I wanted to do what I wanted to do in the future changed. Um, and it just changed the way I treated people. I, you know, was definitely more motivated to be more patient and loving. Um, but yeah.
0: So you're involved a little bit with the Next Gen Ministries, right? You do motion night and students, like you're involved in students a little bit.
1: Yeah, not as much since it's been online, but uh, definitely more involved when we're on campus. Just because like with my editing schedule, it was hard yeah. to...
0: Do you feel like that gives you your story becoming a Christian when you were 13 or 14 and dealing with the things that you dealt with? Do you feel like that's given you the ability to understand some of these kids that are coming to church that don't have a relationship with God yet and relate to them a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think like what I experienced with my dad at least, at the very least, allows me to relate to other kids who have separated parents or divorced parents or a parent who's walked out on Do they trust them.
0: you more because they find out that you have a similar story or a, or a tough situation that you dealt with?
1: I mean, I think they definitely feel more open to sharing what they're going through or their family situation because, I vividly remember when I was in high school and going through all that, my neighbors would be like, where's your dad? Like we haven't seen him home. And it's on. it was honestly embarrassing mm-hmm. to have to explain it. And so, you know, having experienced what I've experienced, people can at least see, okay, I'm not alone in this. Like someone else has experienced this too. And I mean, it's not their shame to carry. And it's hard to realize that when you're in high school or middle school. But um, yeah, I think it, it just, it's a, it's an opportunity to talk about it and encourage people into a relationship with Christ.
0: Did you ever feel like, uh, some blame on yourself for, I'm sure that there was at some point you felt like it was your fault that your dad was gone. Um, it sounds like I don't now I don't come from a, a split family, but I've had a, a lot of friends that have come from mm-hmm. split families and they talk about a time where they felt like it was their fault. Is that ever something you experienced?
1: Um, no. Thankfully, yeah, and I think that was God protecting me before I even knew it. Cause, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I grew up more mature than a lot of my peers, and I think you know, God allowed me to process it and be like, "This isn't. You're not involved in this. You're just affected by it." Right. So, yeah. thank. Goodness. What
0: advice, if you could go back to, thirteen uh, year old Erica now, what would be the main piece of advice you would give her?
1: probably just not to look for my identity and other people and popularity and status because that's what got me into trouble Mm -hmm.
0: that's it's what got me suspended it's (laughs) tough you got suspended were you a troublemaker
1: uh not a troublemaker but um just one mistake that got me suspended and i learned my lesson do you
0: want to share the mistake (laughs) Okay. I won't, I won't pry them. Right after you became a Christian, you became very involved in Spring Hills. What was your experience when you first started serving, being around those people? Was it like a breath of fresh air?
1: Um, I don't, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd call it a breath of fresh air, but, uh, it was fun. Like I always really enjoyed coming on the weekends There was a couple girls that I served with very regularly, and then there's two people who are still in our kids' ministry to this day, Lisa and Lindsay Dexter, and um, I had served with them a few times, and so it's really cool to see them still, uh, you know, when we can have kids' ministry, actively involved in that um, because they've been there for before me, so at least 10-plus years. Do
0: you have more of a passion for serving in the next-gen ministries because that's where your life was changed?
1: Yeah, I th- I think so. I mean, it's definitely—I think that, you know, middle school, high school, and kids, too, it's a very—you're more influenced and you're more, you know, just impacted by people's stories and seeing God work in their lives. And mm. so it's definitely— like, I don't know the percentage, but it's a crazy percentage of people who are like, they're like more likely to accept Christ before they're 18. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to get the gospel out and, you know, kids go through so much and I think that, uh, they need Jesus. Yeah. I mean, everyone needs to of need course, Jesus. Of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so now you and I both went to Azusa Pacific. I'm not technically alumni because I, I wasn't able to finish down there, but what was the reason you picked Azusa?
1: Cause I couldn't afford Biola. <laughs> Was it that if much more expensive? Honest, uh it was gonna be ten grand a year more for me.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: Um, because like I really liked both schools, but Biola, uh I I liked that everyone there was a Christian. Um, whereas Azusa, you know, you had certain requirements. It was a little more of an like, outreach. Yeah, it was, which is good. Um, but I preferred Biola, and it's closer to Disneyland. Who doesn't like that?
0: So you picked Azusa uh, earlier in high school. I mean, as a Christian school, obviously, did you have another college in mind before you became a Christian? Maybe. I mean, I guess you were like in junior high before that, huh? So,
1: uh, yeah, no, I, you know, was like whatever state school. Okay. I wasn't one of those people who were like, I'm going to Stanford or okay. I'm going to UC. Berkeley. You
0: didn't have some big aspiration. No. I had San Diego state in my mind for some reason when I was 13, I think just because of, we went to, yeah, we went to San Diego when I was a kid and I was like, well, this place is pretty awesome. I want to go to, I want to go play basketball here. (laughs) Uh, do you ever go back to, do you ever want to go back to school to get an advanced degree? Oh wait, what is your degree in?
1: Uh, business management.
0: Okay. So yeah. Do you ever want to go back and get an advanced degree?
1: Uh, yeah, I've thought about it. Um, I'd be intrigued to do something more in either like marketing. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you can still use a lot of that in um, social media and marketing certain getting people excited about events in ministry still yeah. um, with our outreach events. And then um, even, you know, something a little more practical and creative with doing design and stuff like that. But yeah. I've also learned so much as I've gone that I, I don't, Necessarily need it. Right. So
0: at Azusa, I had the experience of actually having made some pretty poor choices on my own part and realized that the plan that God had for me was completely different than mm-hmm. what I was trying to lay out. And then, of course, I'm making some bad decisions and then things didn't work out the way that I wanted them to. What was your experience at Azusa like? Did you have a very uplifting experience that drew you closer to God or was there challenges? Cause some of the challenges that come with it are, there are not a lot of non-Christians around. There's some, mm-hmm. a lot of people would say that Zeus is a party school and there was a lot of parties, especially when I was there. Now True. we were, what, what year were you there? Uh,
1: 2013 to 2016.
0: Okay. You were almost, yeah, eight to 10 years after me then. So maybe yeah. it was completely different, but at the time that I was you there, you are old Garrett. I am, I am old. It doesn't make me happy. But when I was there, there were a lot of, all those um, apartments around the campus were yeah. not campus housing. Oh, okay, yeah. So they were all, p- kids that lived there could put, they had parties Whatever. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was, it. I, I have no idea if that changed once it became campus housing. But, yeah. yeah, what was your experience like?
1: I mean, I, so my first roommate, one of our first conversations was, uh, her complaining that her mom talks about God too much, and oh, I no. was like, "Oh, <laughs> you're okay, not gonna well, like me. We're not me. gonna be super close, <laughs> but we can still be friends." Um, And she's a Christian too, but I just kind of sounded like, you know, maybe that's all her mom would talk about with her, and she's or maybe her like, mom talk was about talking about it in
0: a religious way rather than a relationship yeah. with, yeah, oh Christ. for sure,
1: yeah. um, like being too legalistic or whatever. Yeah, so. Um, we didn't get, we didn't hit off great. I didn't connect with anyone in my hall. I didn't connect with anyone in my classes. I had one other friend there, um, but she was working a lot on campus. And so, I was kind of like, oh, gosh, do I even want to be here? Like, I have no friends. I wanted to be at Biola this whole time. Yeah. And I had some friends who were at Biola and they talked me into Disney Pass. And oh, so yeah. I spent my entire first semester off campus, which didn't help my problem of not having friends sure. on campus. Um, and so I really didn't connect with anyone until a year and a half in.
0: You were you were becoming friends with the enemies. That's what happened. <laughs> you were friends. I know. With them. No, we actually, so me and my roommates, we had Disneyland pass. I've had a Disneyland pass. Well, not now, but I got a Disneyland pass when I was 14. That was the first one I had. Yeah. And at that time, when you bought a Disneyland pass, if you renewed it, you always stayed into that price. Yeah. So like when I was in college, amazing. I'm paying 170 bucks for an annual pass, like yep. the deluxe one. And mm-hmm. my friends are all paying 400 bucks for yep, it. Yeah, that was me. But they all, we would go to Disneyland, I mean, Two three times a week, and go oh, by Biola sure. and pick up our friends from Biola, yep. and, and go. I would go do homework in Disneyland. Oh my god! People are like, "What are you so doing?" So many people if you're going- did that. I loved it. It was great. It was and it's motivating.
1: Get it done so you can, you go, can go on go the rides. Out. That's
0: yeah. That's or see the shows. That was our big thing. Um. So when did you start feeling called into ministry? You graduated from Azusa in 2017, right? Yes. And then you started working here not long no. after.
1: 2016, December 2016. I was there for three and a half years.
0: Oh, December 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. You yeah. graduated in three and a half years? Yeah. Good for you. Thank Caitlin you. Caitlin did that too. No, Caitlin did it in three years. Jeez, I don't know how you guys wow. do that.
1: I came in with a few AP Super classes. senior. Oh my gosh. Well,
0: I switched schools too. That, that didn't doesn't help. help. Yeah. Because you do a Bible class at Azusa. It's not going to work at a state oh, no. school. no. They, <laughs> they don't care. They uh, don't want that. They don't care. So yeah, feeling called into ministry.
1: Um. So I knew I loved being at church. I knew I loved serving. I served a ton um, to the point where... Kiki was like, I'm going to have you be my intern when you come back on summer break. And I was like, okay, great. And so I did that a few years, but I was kind of like, by the end of college, I was kind of like, gosh, I don't think I want to work in ministry. Like I just had, um, like a couple, not a great experiences. And I just felt like I kind of needed a break from being so involved in church and, um, like I still wanted, you know, I was still involved in like small groups and stuff like that, but I was just kind of like, gosh, I don't know if I want to be there all the time. And so I was looking at more marketing jobs when I was graduating and I tried to stay down in LA right after I graduated for that first uh, semester after. And I applied to jobs all the time, couldn't. Hardly got any interviews and then couldn't even get a job at like Target or Starbucks. Like they wouldn't even call me back. Um, And so after, you know, you're paying rent with no income for a while, you can't really pay for it anymore. And so I ended up moving back right before Easter 2017. And served all weekend because I was like, I've got nothing to do. Like, I remember use that. Me. You yeah. were
0: here the entire time because that was when I met you. Yeah. And you were setting up the flowers. The, the flowers. Stage. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That the was allergies were I, I rampant. I never dealt with allergies <laughs> in my life. But when you come to this area, oh, yeah. everybody's saying allergies are worse here because of some cross pollination or something like that. And then they put a garden on One the stage, stage. Yeah. And it was like it all cool. of us. It looked amazing. It was great. But the. <laughs> All of us, scratchy throats. Yep. We had we had like bottles of allergy meds back here. We yeah. were just like, hey, make sure you take some non-drowsy allergy <laughs> medication <laughs> for rough. our twelve services or whatever we did yeah. that year. Once you were in ministry, did you feel like that was where you were going to be for a while, or were you like, sure, I'll do an internship and well, or an interim period? I don't know when you yeah. got hired here. Were you? Hired on part-time or were you full-time right off the bat?
1: Well, so I served all Easter weekend and I was like, I realized, I was like, gosh, no, I really do love being in ministry. Mm. Like I just, you know, was in the right place or whatever when I was in school. And so, um, I, uh, asked if I could, you know, if there was an opportunity for a full-time job, if I could be considered here. And so I, um, just kept serving and they were able to contract me for a little bit, uh, doing some social media and then helping out at events and stuff like that. And then, uh, when we redid budgets, uh, July, 2017, I got hired full time as, um, assistant producer, which I say is a fancy word for a lot of hats.
0: Yeah. 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 Now spring Hills, we didn't have a very strong social media presence prior to that. I remember actually when we were interviewing looking stuff up and there just wasn't wasn't a whole lot like there was, you could, you could tell there were some things where it was like, you know, um, a couple months before it was like John White had like a come to church today, but then it was like, there was no other thing for three months before that. So it wasn't a strong online presence. How did you really figure out that that was a spot that you could really be valuable in ministry?
1: Well, I mean, honestly, it was kind of something I just fell into. They were like, you're the young person on staff. Trendy you can was do the word, it. right? Yeah, trendy, too. Um, and so I, um, yeah, I just, they gave me a camera, Caitlin's old camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just had me start taking photos and things like that and... Um, I just started doing it. Started researching like what churches do with social media. And yeah.
0: Did you learn any of this in in school? No. Because I know my my sister in law <laughs> is she does it's social media marketing. Like yeah. that's a thing now. So your job is pretty unique because there wasn't a social media presence for churches in two thousand six, seven, eight when I was getting started in ministry. Mm-hmm. But now it's crucial, and you were integral at starting that here, right?
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, we didn't have a social media presence. And so I got to take that on and really develop it and develop the Spring Hills brand through our social media. And so, uh, when you look at our social media, it's, you know, there's a consistency in the voice, the things we say, the things we share, um, and, you know, the actual visuals of things is just to kind of, when, you know, it pops up in people's feed, they're like, oh, that's Spring Hills. That's my church. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Consistency in ministry is something that I think is missing in a lot of smaller churches because you don't necessarily have the resources to yeah. hire somebody to do that for you. So they're if,
1: getting pre-made graphics and all the time.
0: Even my, so I'm not, I'm okay. I'm older than you. I'm not that much older than you. I think I'm seven or eight years older than you. But I grew up in a time where Facebook, you had mm-hmm. to have a college email address to have a Facebook wow. account. Instagram wasn't a thing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter wasn't a thing yet. MySpace was dead. My space was dying because Facebook <laughs> was killing it. But it was one of those things where I did not grow up with it at all. Yeah. So I'm not good at social media. Mm-hmm. And there really is like a, a craft to it. Yeah. So when d- did you grow up with social media? um, do you feel like it prepared you I to be able to do this? I started
1: using Instagram in high school actually, uh, right when it had come out. So I had experience, but I, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't like a guru at it or had a ton of followers or anything or really knew what I was doing. Right, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of sharing the things I like to do. Um, and it's funny cause now like I don't, love using social media. I mean, I think it's very important in ministry. Um, one of the things I've heard that's really stuck with me is, uh, you have people one hour a week at church. So how do you minister to them for the other 167 hours in the week?
0: I wouldn't even have known that number.
1: Yeah. I only know it cause I've heard it. Um, but yeah, it's like really important because if people, you know, aren't actively, in the word or, uh, any, or in a small group or anything like that, they're only getting an hour of God a week. And so sharing verses and sharing, uh, recaps of the sermon or whatever is helpful and important. And it's more than just, you know, telling someone to come to this event. It's more about how can you minister to them when they're not there.
0: I also think it's a good reminder because you set reminders in your phone to do things, right? Uh Well, everybody gets on, I shouldn't say everybody, most people get on social media and you're scrolling through your feed. And I saw the other day you had posted on the church account um, a photo that said, see a victory. Yeah, And it was something for myself. It just reminds me like yeah see th- to think of the song and then mm-hmm. i look at the the think of the lyrics of the song yeah. and it's almost like it reminds me to have a devotional it's a yeah. good reminder for me even though it's a mm-hmm. small time to pray or whatever it actually seeing i'm even here all the time and it still is a good reminder to me to see the spring hills yeah uh, content coming from my even feed for
1: people who are just like oh i haven't been to church in a while and then you see like church church, church yeah yeah feed, you're like, oh
0: yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a great way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Ministry has a lot of behind the scenes stuff happening, and you're integral yes. at a lot of those things. Um Explain it. So a lot of people, do you ever get the question? So what do you guys do all week? Yeah, because people often think Sundays is when we're working, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So people go, do you have another job? And it's like. No, I worked 112 hours this week because you've had those that weeks where happened. you're like, I legitimately am working from sunup to sundown or well, past, far, it, past
1: sundown. 24
0: hours in one day. You've had those. So what are some of those things that are behind the scenes that maybe some folks don't know that you do?
1: Um. Well, I mean... Aside from social media, because it does take more than 30 minutes, like some people think, because you're, you know, posting a lot throughout the week.
0: And you're interacting with people. And you're
1: interacting, yeah. I uh, I get
0: it, because social media is exhausting to me. Yes. Like, you when you had me do the Instagram takeover, yeah, I can't do anything else that day, because it's all I'm thinking about. Uh-huh. It's like, what should I post? How do uh-huh. I do this? And I'm texting people. Is this okay? Do I post yeah. this? Can I not post this? I
1: actually personally hardly use it. Like, it's on my phone, because I need it for church, but yeah. I... If I didn't have to have it for work, I wouldn't have any social media on my phone.
0: That's interesting to know.
1: Because i it's just, it sucks up so much of my time and yeah. I, you know, go down wormholes. But um, anyway, yeah, I do uh, like the bumper videos that we used to use a lot more before COVID. Uh, it's the video that we show about the series before Brett comes up. Um, I, you know, gosh, help with... Other random videos with Adventure Week, there is a lot of um, filming and then editing the crafts and the dance team and um, a little bit with the skit itself and putting that all together. And then with the services right now, I help edit some of the music and um, some of the hosting and things like that. So a lot of video stuff that people don't realize, you know, they might think it's, yeah. And they might think, you know, one person does it, but it takes a team of people to pull it off and because it's time consuming and you want it to look nice and things like that. Yeah. Each week when you guys,
0: so you do the, you and Ashley are primarily doing the editing of the music part, right? Yes. And so, um, and then we'll talk about, uh, the guy that does the music editing, um guy. <laughs> Erica had an eyebrow raise when I said that and uh for those of you know Erica we're talking about Israel who um she's close to uh but you guys do you do the editing of the music portion and yeah. then Kiki does the sermon mm-hmm. and then Kath does the, the lyrics. lyrics and so you guys have four people working on putting that mm-hmm. service out every week Just now obviously visual. you get quicker at it oh for sure because the first time I think now. we did that was it took like all week Easter right <laughs> Yeah. And you were, that was basically like an adventure week editing type week, yes. right? Yes. And where we you were, learned
1: how to do it that week too. We didn't know how to edit the music in a way where you even could have- Or even how to film it. Yeah. And where you could have all these different shots mm-hmm. and line it up perfectly and things like that. Yeah. So, nobody on
0: the out. staff has any film like- Oh no. Background. It's yeah. just, you guys have figured it out on your own YouTube tutorials and, you yeah. know, a few people that have come through that you ask a question- And even like, I mean, I did do film classes, but we're talking 2006. Yeah, things have changed. Way different. (laughs) And now like, and honestly, it was exhausting. Like now, even when I do the kids stuff, I told Kath the other day, I'm like, it just exhausts me because it's not something that comes naturally to me. No, yeah. Seeing what I need to see and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. But you guys learning how to do it on your own and then putting in the hours that you're doing, it's amazing that you're able to, first of all, learn how to do it. Second of all, get quicker at it. To now, you guys were editing a service and Adventure Week.
1: Mm-hmm. That was two crazy. weeks in a row,
0: right? Because Adventure yeah. Week, you guys were editing the crafts and all that stuff the mm-hmm. week before, and then it was like, you know, the the skit and yeah. the worship and all that stuff that was going on. So the work behind the scenes is yeah. an insane amount that a lot of people react with, "Wow, you guys just need a break." <laughs> and I always say when that happens, you know, after Christmas and there's. Yeah those weeks or ever somebody's like wow you guys just need a break I'm like you know the reason that we're in ministry though is because we love doing it yeah it's not something that we're like oh my gosh this is terrible we love being a part of it it's fun to do it Mm -hmm. so explaining to somebody what you do throughout the week what would you say to somebody that's like wow you just you just do too much
1: uh I don't know what I'd say to them. I mean, I I usually just kind of say things like, Well, I love what I do, yeah. and so that makes it easier. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, the week where we worked over. You need a break. Hours, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you need a break. And I went but... to bed at like between three and six AM every day. I was a little over and then it. <laughs> woke up at
0: seven or eight a.m. Yeah. Yeah. So you're taking um, naps. You lived on naps yes. for two straight weeks.
1: Yeah. Uh like those are definitely hard weeks and I don't like them but I do like what I'm doing and it is awesome to see the next week you know like a thousand kids watching Adventure Week and dancing to it and like hearing all they're getting all these emails from people my kids loved it so much like their craft was their favorite or whatever like that's always really cool to see and just see that not only is the gospel reaching a thousand kids but they're possibly a thousand parents too or yeah. more so
0: and relatives, cousins. Yeah, and, I mean, it makes we, it worth it. John John sent Adventure Week boxes to his brother's family. Uh-huh. I sent them to my sister's family. Yeah. Gerilyn sent some to her sister. Yeah. So it was. It's this amazing. This other church
1: just came here this week to pick up the leftovers and use it at their church in Santa Rosa. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. That so. that it's able to. Um. It I mean, the lot. the resources that we have now is a, is phenomenal. Like if this if the COVID nineteen thing happened.
1: Oh my gosh, that's my watch.
0: Siri just interrupted. Hey Siri. <laughs> she doesn't be understand. Quiet. But um, yeah, just the Siri fact that Christ we have the, you. the, the Siri, Siri. You need Jesus. The um, the amount of, of resources that we have to be able to do this is really mm-hmm, cool. For sure. Um, let's talk now. The real reason you came here was to talk about Israel. I know oh, that yes. you were like, this is my <laughs> opportunity. So for those that don't know, Erica is engaged to somebody that you probably see more often than you see her because he's that's on true. stage. So Israel is, Israel is one of, he serves on the, in many areas, but he serves on the worship team. Mm-hmm. Um, he does all the uh, music editing for mm-hmm. the services on the weekends because that's his, one of his jobs is to, he's a music producer mm-hmm. and a music teacher. So you've seen Israel. Now, the rumor has it you guys are engaged. Uh, is this correct I can confirm you can confirm that okay so just tell us a little bit about Israel and your relationship
1: uh well we actually met here um gosh I guess it's like two years ago now when we citywide. did citywide yeah the first one 2018 the first one yes I shouldn't know this better than you <laughs> I know. but I do <laughs> well the last couple of years has kind of been a blur like everything just happened so fast yeah um but yeah so
0: it just uh, becomes blurrier yes just so you know oh
1: good um as you get old like you yep um so yeah we met through citywide um Kiki actually was kind of like oh like he's really cool uh Nice guy. Um, And so I was like, okay, whatever. And I don't know. I wasn't like super like, oh, my gosh, I need to talk to him. But I did talk to him a few times. And then he came and sang on the weekend a few times. And it wasn't until someone went up to him and was like, you know, praising him like, oh, you're so talented. Like you have such an amazing voice, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, it's a gift from God, like all glory to God. And I was like, okay, now I'm interested. Yeah. You <laughs> actually was,
0: heard that he was a yeah, humble person. Cause
1: like, well, you know, musicians have a reputation for being really arrogant. Yes. And so, was, and I've seen that even in egos ministry. Are, yes,
0: Even with the most humble people, our it, egos yes. get in the way. So it's
1: hard. I was like, okay, like you're not, full of yourself and you know, whatever. So that made me. I can also confirm
0: that he is not full of himself for those of you. And I'm going to bring Israel on here too soon. I need to schedule it with him because we're doing the worship one now where I'm getting people to know the worship team Mm, more and more. So I'm going to bring Israel in here soon. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know that yet though. So Israel text me and we'll schedule it out. Um, so yeah, you guys met now. One of the things that maybe you guys don't know is Kiki had asked me to go to lunch with Israel Oh gosh, to find out about him and I didn't know this because afterwards she said I'm trying to figure out if we should have him ask Erica out oh my gosh I and didn't so know.
1: I did not till today it was
0: it was somewhat I didn't know it when I when I went to lunch with him and just hung mm-hmm. out with him mm-hmm. um, I didn't know that's what she was doing asking because questions. she was just like just find out about him and then we had him um I did vocal lessons with him for mm-hmm. six months or whatever it was right mm-hmm. and every time he'd come here you would text me or you'd see me and be like Hey, what time what time's your boy coming? And I'm like <laughs> I did say that. I mean, that. he's supposed to be here at like 2 or 3. And then there was the midnight motion and you were like, I think you said these exact words. I could be re- misremembering this. Homeboy left me on red <laughs> about something. I probably said and that. you that showed me like your me. texting conversation and you're like, yeah, what he used what do I say to this? On. And then well, he doesn't respond to text very well, quick. He, yeah, no. <laughs> so that's kind of it. Now that you know help. that. It probably wouldn't have uh Wouldn't have meant anything to you then. You're like, yeah, he just hasn't looked at it yet, or he just doesn't respond. Um, But what's it like being in ministry together? Because now that you are both at the same church and he's here, just, I mean, he's here all the time and he's involved in lots of ways. What's it like being in ministry together and planning a wedding together at the same time during COVID? (laughs)
1: COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it's definitely like really it's really fun to do ministry together. Like I remember before he was able to be here every weekend, I would always be most excited about the weekends he could be here. Um, and it's just nice to be able to spend, you know, the whole time I'm working, being able to, you know, say hi and passing and stuff like that when we're doing things and, um, getting like, he would always come and sit with me during the Saturday night message. But now oh, we
0: remember, The first time that he came here and sat next to you and I think he put his arm around you or something, everybody, well, not everybody, Kiki had a texting conversation with a few of us. She's like, uh, FYI, Israel's arms around Erica, FYI. Oh
1: my gosh. Wow. So much I didn't know. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was always very like, it was nice and getting to talk about the message and serve together and things like that. Um it was always great and i feel like our relationship has grown since he's been able to be here more so sure, yeah. um yeah that's been great planning a wedding uh during covid is interesting um and when is the wedding uh a month or no 5 weeks from today i so i know i know this but other people don't know this we got your
0: invitation the other day though and Maverick was so excited. Oh, and you had to
1: break it to him. he's not
0: he, it. <laughs> I mean, we didn't say that, but we were just he's just excited because he got he he felt like he got a letter. Oh. So it's okay. not that he's excited to go to the wedding. Yeah. He just yeah. got the letter because it says, I think it said the Elliot family or something, whatever it said on there. Mr. Um, and Mrs. Garrett Elliot. And he just goes, "Sure, maybe that's what it was." But yeah. he just likes that it's a letter that he uh-huh. can open and then he sees uh-huh. it and they the invitations look great by the way. Thank you. Um Shana and Dash. yeah, so but we're gonna be taking pictures there. That'll yeah. be fun. Uh, so one month away was that the original date? Yes. So you got to keep your date.
1: Yes, thank goodness. Okay, I did not. It'll know the be to that outside question. and here, so yeah. thankfully, like you know, you can spread out and all. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So now, yeah.
0: one of the things that I was really drawn to about Spring Hills originally was that as a family, the Ablichiotuses were able to work together, and yeah. to me, that was really huge because I. Planted a church with my dad. I know some of the challenges that come along with it. And now my parents and I, we worked really well together. um, And my sister, she was part of the team also. Mm -hmm. But we worked well together. But it is something that I'm drawn to that that families can figure out how to work together, especially with this big of a church. And now it's gone beyond just the Abilcayotuses because there's you know, Brett, Eve, Kiki, but then Ashley's a cousin. Now Garrett's married into that. Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot of couples on staff. John Mm -hmm. and Lauren are both here, Garrett and Ashley, Brett and Eve. Um, And then now you and Israel are both here all the time and serving. Mm -hmm. So what could we say to some younger couples that maybe, maybe they're looking to get into ministry Mm -hmm. or maybe they're serving in ministry? What, what's some encouragement you could give them or uh, maybe some advice on how to deal with the adversity that comes along with it?
1: Gosh, well, I mean, I would say that, you know, it's definitely very rewarding to serve with, you know, your significant other and don't feel like you have to serve in the same area of ministry together because God's gifted you differently Mm -hmm. and you're going to be most satisfied in serving when you're using the gifts he's given you. Mm -hmm. So like. For instance, I'm never gonna sing on stage, even though Israel can. Oh, be painful. we'll see. <laughs> um, but
0: I think you were a hype uh, you were a hype person a hype one time for Motion, and it was
1: like so awkward because sometimes you just look out in the crowd and people are dead. Yep, so yep. Um, if you're hearing there's this,
0: a, there's a quote on our quote in wall in the green room that says the um. That says in your name, I, it says in your name, I come alive, not in your name. I stand there and look bored. <laughs> it's true. And I bet you could guess who said that. Maybe not. Scott Jacobson. Shout uh, out yeah. to Scott Jacobson. We yeah. miss you, Scott. Call me. He loves um,
1: podcasts too. Oh gosh.
0: That's fine. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let everybody know. Erica has two water bottles here. One's and, coffee. Oh, one's coffee. Okay. That's fine. Um, okay. So we're talking about ministry being with your significant other in ministry. What's, uh, you said it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges? That, is it? I mean, like the hours you're talking well, about these days where you're working. Yeah,
1: so like they're you know I mean if you're just you know serving as a volunteer, you're probably never gonna be putting in as many hours as us on staff. I would be shocked, and if you do, wow, thank you so another much. Thing that, help, another thing that another
0: thing that I've really appreciated about the not just the staff but just the church is. The the people that are in charge of the ones that are working lots of hours are working more hours. Like Kiki, oh, for example, yeah, if for Kiki's sure. got, because Kiki's my immediate superior, right? So yeah. if she's got me working doing a bunch of projects, longer hours. There's no like, oh, but it's you're not like she taps you, out at you. You tap out, yeah, yeah. Like she's working more hours than anybody when she's doing that adventure yeah. week, and you guys are all here, yeah, crazy hours, but yeah. Um, so some of the challenges.
1: Yeah. So like there was a couple weeks straight where I didn't get to hang out with him because I was working so much and then he's also editing music for the weekend services. And so sometimes it would be like, I wouldn't, uh, like our schedules just wouldn't line up. And so.
0: Especially right when we first started doing it because oh, there was yeah. no template. There was yeah. no, you weren't used And to we it were yet, like, what are we
1: doing and how long are we doing this for?
0: Right. Oh my gosh. So that question's still here. That's what's crazy. (laughs) Um, We, I remember thinking when we first started thinking about doing outdoor services, Kiki saying, I don't know if we can sustain doing both. And now here we are eight weeks in or whatever, no, eight weeks, six weeks, six Six weeks in and doing both. And I mean, it's just, it's pretty amazing that God's put this staff here to be able to to do this. It's amazing. Um, So I want to ask you, are there any moments to you that stand out as biggest times of growth and understanding in your relationship with God?
1: Um, yeah, I would say when I was in college and I didn't have any friends, I was a huge time of growth because it was like, I had no one else. And so I turned to God in that. And that was, you know, I just grew up. I came to an understanding that, you know, that just because you don't have friends doesn't mean you're alone and God's always with us. And, um, yeah. So that was a huge time of growth. Um and then gosh, I don't know. I would say like I've I've been sanctified, I guess, through being on staff because, you know, you just mature and you work with people who do have different ways of doing things in you. And so it's really helped to give more grace in like, okay, they're doing it different than me or like they're taking long and I'm having to wait on them to finish something so I can have that piece to finish my piece. And so it can, you know, as with any job, like that can be a challenge, but I would say that, you know, it's, I've had the perspective that just give grace to people because we're all learning together. And especially now, like huge learning curve with everything. So we're all just having to extend a lot of grace and. Tension was high over those
0: first few weeks of this, just because everyone's like trying to figure out what they're doing. Yeah. Getting put into spots where we're not feeling comfortable with it. Yeah. Like don't feel equipped. Hey, doing this is not my strength, but yeah, well, we need you to do it. I do feel like God's put me in ministry for a reason. Mm -hmm. And part of that is my willingness to do something as best as I can. And it's hard to continue to do things when you don't feel like it's your strength. Now we talk about truly understanding the gospel very often around here because that's our goal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's very important to you personally, not Mm -hmm. that it's not important to the rest of us. It's very important to you personally that the gospel is being presented clearly Mm -hmm. and accurately. Do you remember when you really understood it and that became clear to you what the gospel really was? Was it really early on in your relationship with God?
1: I mean, I would say, you know, when I became a Christian, I understood it and I understood it in the most basic form of, you know, you're a sinner, Christ died for you Mm -hmm. and you have like, you can never do enough good things to, uh, work your way into heaven and work your way into relationship with God. And so I understood it in its most simplest form then. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, since then then I've grown. yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's something that you're super thankful to God for, but maybe you don't acknowledge enough?
1: I would say being in ministry because, I mean, I I do thank God a lot for it, um, but not on a daily basis by any means or maybe even a weekly basis, but I am always very thankful, like, getting to do what I'm called to do and what I love to do and reach people and just see a life change and just see more souls one to christ mm-hmm. you know so it's always very rewarding
0: and it's always an eye-opener i think we were delivering the adventure week boxes oh, yeah. and there was the very first one that i went and delivered a box to it was a mom that forgot to pick him up and she felt terrible <laughs> and she was like she's in tears going thank you so much for bringing these uh-huh. i felt so bad that my kids were going to miss out mm-hmm. on this and so we started texting you guys while you were editing the videos and pulling an (laughs) all-nighter, we were texting you the encouraging, like, hey, these families need this. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that I often just go, I forget how much people need what we're doing here and why God's put us here sometimes and why I should be thanking him Mm -hmm. constantly that I get to be a part of it. Um, before we get to our last little, I, I, by the way, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions at the end oh, that gosh. are just kind of random. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so far everybody's failed miserably at this because they can never answer them, but oh, I'm going gosh. to try it again. I think you'll be fine. But the last question I want to ask you just about your spiritual, your relation with Christ, your spiritual walk. Um, what are some practices that you do on a regular basis that help you grow in your relationship with Christ?
1: Reading my Bible, definitely. And then I, I, have a really hard time staying focused when I pray. And so I'll journal them out. And that's always helped me to really just get my thoughts down and, um, talk to God, you know, in a more focused way. Yeah. Uh, I'm like the dog from up when I'm just, you know, praying in my cool. head. <laughs> yeah. But I think, The 4-4 prayer method that we did a few months ago, it helped so much because it's like, what am I doing? Just going to God being like, I need this, this, and this. Yes. It's so much better to praise God first for all that he's given us and all that. And then work your way to, um, and just like acknowledging who he says he is in scripture and then just working your way into requests with God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, actually I will ask one more question about your okay. spiritual walk. People that are new Christians today during this time with COVID-19 and the uh, stresses, the unanswered questions, just the up in the air things, mm-hmm. how, just words of encouragement for them that you would tell them as a new Christian, how to have hope in Christ. Is there anything that you would give them advice or encouragement with?
1: I mean, I would say looking at the world today, it's very evident that we need Christ and it's very evident that the world can't fulfill it and that the world is a very broken place. And so don't ever put your hope in the world. It's clearly just going to disappoint you. only put your hope in Christ um, and stand firm in that and stand firm in God's truth because it's the only thing that's going to hold up under the pressures of the world. So, right.
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I'll also ask a couple of other questions within these, um, random rapid fire questions that uh, maybe will also be encouraging to some people. But first, if you could go back in time, um, maybe let's not go back in time. Let's just say if you could pick anyone on earth currently alive first to have a conversation with, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I, I threw this know. at you right off the bat.
1: Uh...
0: So far, so far, everybody's reacted that way. And I'm like, (laughs) I have like nine people on my list. I'd be like, I would love to talk to this person or this person or this person.
1: Who's the guy, the guy who, um, like did the, the American gospel documentary, the one who was super involved washer
0: Paul oh washer? oh yeah yeah yeah. okay
1: he'd be interesting to talk to yeah okay that's a good and one he's alive
0: and you <laughs> you would basically if you could sit down this is my thought is you could sit down with somebody like this one-on-one and yeah. ask them whatever you want and you're gonna get an honest answer that's kind of my yeah my thing with it like yeah if and I have all my different answers but today's <laughs> not about me uh if you could pick anyone now let's go to the same question anyone from the bible and don't give the obvious answer of jesus <laughs> but anyone from the bible to sit down and have a conversation with who would it be
1: Uh, probably Moses. Cause I,
0: that's what Brett said.
1: Really? Okay. Um, well, (laughs) just kidding. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. He led the Israelites and it was just, when I was reading Exodus, it was just one of the things that became very evident to me is that God has so much grace for us because he kept providing things for them and they would turn, Towards God in that and then a few days later they'd like turn their backs Unbelievable. on him again. We like, talked about all this the on time. for
0: the for the series recap the other day. And I'm like, if I could go back and just just to look at a reaction after Moses, you know, he leads the he leads them out of Egypt, and then the dude turns to him and says, What'd you do? Just bring us out here to die? We yeah. should just go back to Egypt and serve them instead of die out here. Yeah. His facial expression to that. Probably was priceless. Oh, like, I know. Are you joking me? Like I can't. Can you imagine just I know. like if the I was reaction? Moses,
1: I'd want to be like, okay, then go. But yeah. he probably didn't say that. He probably said something profound. Just get oh. out of
0: here then. Go back to Egypt. Um, yeah, I mean that was that was one of those things that I'm like looking back and just facial expressions of Bible of biblical characters yeah. to me has always been fascinating to think, like, I wonder how he reacted. Yeah. Like we see the words, but uh-huh. to see it. Um all right. Let's do these now. These are rapid fire questions. What's your favorite genre of music?
1: Um, gosh, I don't know. I like, uh, I listen to a decent amount of country and worship music. Those are probably my top two. I'll
0: tell you the reason why I asked that question is because I got to find an intro song. Oh. Going to have to figure it out. John was easy because we are both from country towns. Yeah. Cow towns. Uh, do you have a favorite musical artist?
1: uh need to breathe has been one of my top ones and paramore
0: they've got need to breathe's got a little bit of a folky vibe yes. paramore's a little emo yes that's are you an my... e- are you an emo girl
1: i have an angsty playlist on my spotify i account. like that you call it angsty it's literally named angsty
0: that's funny <laughs> angsty playlist i have my playlists are all mixed up by artists mm. or uh years oh, okay. because for like if i go if I, it's like my junior year of high school i remember yeah. the stuff yeah. i was listening to that kind of thing um, okay, favorite food?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Or just food. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, food. Uh I love probably gosh. Sushi, pizza would be up there pretty high. Oh, no. Mexican food. Specifically carne asada tacos. We
0: should point out that you're, you're hu- your 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 soon to be husband is Mexican, half, Mexican, half Mexican, right? And yes. then half Costa Rican. Costa Rican, I always forget. Costa Rican. I always want to say Dominican, but oh, <laughs> um, sorry, Israel. But uh, let's see. Oh, can you cook? Yes. Can Israel? Yeah. Is he? He actually makes
1: very good ribs. Interesting. Made those, that like,
0: and that's not necessarily a Mexican food dish. No, or is it? He doesn't cook Mexican that. food. <laughs> no way.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, his dad. So his dad's from Mexico, and his mom's from Costa Rica, and his mom did more of the cooking, but she doesn't necessarily cook. Costa Rican food.
0: Now, have you? This is going off a tangent here, but have you? You've met his family, but have mm-hmm. you met his extended family at all? No. Okay, and are they? They're do, coming to the wedding. Do you? Are you learning Spanish?
1: uh I was learning more Spanish before COVID happened, and then I just kind of got too busy working. Yeah. So,
0: do you see his family often? Yeah. Or are they not really around?
1: No, I see him like probably you know. Are they all local? Weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. His immediate family.
0: Does he have siblings? Three brothers. I've never met any of his brothers. Have all you met younger him all? than
1: him. Yeah, all younger than him. Cool. Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. Uh, what about your dream car? Do you have a dream car? No. No? Favorite <sighs> vacation spot?
1: I mean, I haven't been a ton Or a dream places. vacation? Okay, dream. I want to go to Italy, the Amalfi Coast. It's where we want to go on our honeymoon. Oh, and now nice. you can't go to Italy. Yeah, So right. that sucks.
0: <laughs> but what, you guys you get to go to Cabo, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Lord willing. Now, you played sports when you were younger. Are you a fan of sports now?
1: Yes. Um I mostly only watch like baseball though on TV.
0: Has Israel gotten you into football?
1: Oh, I mean I played soccer growing up, okay. so.
0: Soccer. Us, yeah, yeah I call Us it soccer. with that just yeah. thick American accent. But of I never soccer. really watched
1: it. Like he He's he, into it. Oh yeah, he Well, he um, was a
0: really good soccer player.
1: Uh-huh. And he would he'll sometimes set alarms to get up at like 5 in the morning to watch, to watch the, the game. Euro League stuff. Yep.
0: That's cool. Uh what about a favorite worship song right now? Or overall, is there one that stands out to you as one that was impactful to you?
1: Um, Not one that stands out to me. Um, I mean, I like a lot of the songs we've been doing on the weekend recently.
0: Do you listen to ones while you're running or anything like that, like Kiki does? Definitely not while
1: I'm running. I can't, do, I can't listen to not What's the music you listen to? Angsty? No. More just like workout playlists. Okay. Like yeah. hip hop? Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Nothing. Maybe I need a hip hop song. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh this is a really important question. Favorite pastor.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean favorite senior pastor, Brett.
0: Brett Avlachiotis. You heard it be. here, Erica's <laughs> favorite pastor. Uh I actually the, the one that I wrote was favorite sermon series that we've done. Do you do you have Galatians. one? No, I'm Galatians. No, it's <laughs> Breaking free?
1: Oh yeah. Um I don't know. Um I mean a lot I've I i do not know. I really don't.
0: I really liked the one that he did on um, the love series that he loves. That That was was really cool. Relatable. You asked
1: for it is always really good too. That one is fun. It's very Uh, practical It's also very
0: topical, which is uh, sometimes it's nice to know what people are wanting to know, which is cool. But yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming down. Is there anything else that we should know about you that you'd want to share? No. Okay. (laughs) And do you have any requests that you want your intro song to sound like?
1: Um...
0: It Maybe doesn't matter because cool. I'm going to choose what I want, but
1: <laughs> just, um, don't use a worship song because that feels underwhelming because it feels like this should be more epic.
0: Oh, epic. <gasps> you know what you should oh, do? No, I know what I'm doing. You using. should
1: use a worship. You should use a song that you think should be my intro song at my wedding. Cause I don't know what it's going to be yet.
0: Like to walk down the aisle?
1: No, like to, um, enter the, ser- the reception.
0: Oh, okay. Well, thanks Erica for, for being here and letting us get to know you a little bit better. Of course. Say bye to everybody.
1: Bye.